to another episode of Leading Your Church. My name is Rich Cochran. I'll be your host. One of the things I love about this podcast is that it gives us a place to talk about very practical things related to ministry, related to leading change, and ultimately uh, helping our churches revitalize and grow, become healthy, and bear new spiritual fruit. Today we're going to be talking about time management for us as the leader, and specifically I'm going to be talking about those who are serving full-time in ministry, but some of these tools and resources will be very helpful for those who are bivocational uh, or co-vocational and splitting your time between a full-time job and then what's really a full-time ministry. And so some of these tools and resources can be very helpful for you as you try to figure out how to best invest your time. I want to start by talking about just a little bit of my philosophy related to uh, time management, uh, my work hours, how I invest my time. I think one of the things that needs to become real clear is that ministry is never done. Uh, Now, there have been some events that I've completed, I've completed Vacation Bible School. I've completed completed leading our own camp. I've, I've completed this and I've completed that. But um, the reality is ministry is never done. And the reason that is is because um, we are pastoring and shepherding a, a church of people. And people are always in the process of becoming like Christ. And so we are in the process of uh, sanctification. We're in the discipleship process. And we never leave that process. And so as pastors and church leaders, whether um, you're male or female, whether you're paid or uh, bivocational, it doesn't matter. The ministries that we lead are ultimately never completed. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so difficult and so challenging in how we manage our time. Um, it's, it's like, how do you know when you can go home or how do you know when you can stop um, on a project or um, it's just, how do you know when? And I think that's one of the reasons why so many pastors and church leaders push up on the edge of burnout and why so many people um, that are ahead of us, um, we look at what the way that they led their ministries and we're like, I don't want to do it that way. And so we kind of push back on that. And so, um, you know, ministry is just never done. And that's why I think it's all the more important that we manage our time very intentionally and we manage our time well because ministry's never done and it's hard to know when and where to draw that line. Now, let me say, uh, I'm kind of old school in my philosophy of how many hours that I should work in a given week. I, I believe as a, as a pastor that I should work between 43 and 45, 48 hours a week. And here's where I come up with that. Most of the people in my church are going to work for 40 hours plus a week. And then they'll come to church on Sunday morning. A good portion of them will come back on Wednesday nights. And then a a good portion of those are serving and doing ministry in our community and other things related to um, our missions And so they are investing anywhere from another three to eight to 10 hours a week of their time. 
And so as a, as a pastor, I don't want to say, well, my job is, is completed at 40 hours. And, and, and so I, do, I want to be a good example. I want to go shoulder to shoulder with the people in my church uh, in ministry. Now, it is a little bit different because once I step foot on our church campus, once I'm in the facilities... I'm constantly on. I am the pastor. I am the leader. I am the church staff leader. And people expect so many different things. And unfortunately, the truth is, when I'm at Walmart, people expect me to stop and have conversations with them. When I'm at school functions and school events, I'm on. People expect when they swing by and have a seat and say, can I ask you a question? Or I don't really want to bother you, but, and they jump in and continue with their conversation. I'm constantly on. So it really doesn't matter whether it's Walmart, whether it's a school function, whether it's a restaurant or anywhere in our community at any point in time, my day and my evening, whether my family's with me or not, can turn into work. And so I'm very much aware. And that's why here in a few minutes, you're going to hear me use the word rhythm, because I think it's important that we develop a healthy rhythm. Now, I want to confess, there was a point in time in my life where I pushed up on burnout. Um, I've shared in in a couple of other podcasts, but uh, the church I served uh, right outside of St. Louis went through a tragedy where our senior pastor in our first service was shot and killed. After that, m- myself and another staff member, we became co-leaders of the church, and our church was was booming and growing, and the, the, the crisis and the tragedy brought so much tension, yet so much opportunity, and the growth continued to explode. We were growing at, at 20% or greater. We built a three million, three and a half million dollar building without a pastor in this transition time. And so you can imagine the, the schedule was haywire, keeping up with pastoral care, keeping up with all of my regular job uh, responsibilities, in addition to the other responsibilities that came with that. We had so many meetings uh, that went on as we were trying to navigate the church, trying to figure out what is what does this interim look like? How do we make decisions? Who's in charge? And, and how does all of this come about? And so my season and my schedule went haywire and went nuts. And so I'm speaking to you today as as a recovering workaholic. And so I'm years uh, past that now. And I believe that I've developed a good and healthy rhythm. I don't ever want to go back to the edge of burnout. And so let me say, you've had your seasons too. And you've had your experiences too that have pushed you to the edge of working too much. And and many of you have probably gone to the edge of burnout. Maybe you have experienced burnout. And you're like, I'm I'm not going there. And I want to encourage you, me neither. I am with you. But with that, we can't swing the pendulum so far to the other side that we don't put in a good hard week's labor. We don't meet the expectations 
of a full-time work responsibility. You know, I know not everyone would agree with me, and I may be wrong, okay? I, I'm willing to put that on the table. But one of the things I really do believe, I believe that you can have a healthy work life balance. I do believe you can have healthy rhythms that you can work um, in your ministry and you're leading your church 43 to 48 hours and have good healthy family time and invest in other opportunities. I, I believe all of those things can happen and here's why. Because right now I'm experiencing it. Now my kids are older now. Um, we still have two in the home but they're in high school now. And so that's that's different. I've got one out of the home. And so uh, there are things when, when I come home now, um, I can sit down and I can rest or I can sit down and take care of something. I don't have to get down on the floor and and play with the kids or chase them around the room or or try to buffer some time um, in the house. So I'm in a different season of life, but I really do believe that you can have a healthy rhythm, that you can work hard, and you can have a healthy um, home life uh, rhythm and balance. And so I'm going to share um, four things that are helping me in the process. The first, setting a clear target of hours. You need to establish what is your target that you're shooting at. Here's the reason why many of us struggle with time management and dis uh, developing healthy rhythms is we don't know what we're trying to accomplish. We don't know what the goal is. You don't know um, if you haven't set a clear target of hours if, if you accomplished what you set out. And so I think that's why so many people, it's like, it's like they're trying to hold on to the sand and it's just uh, slipping right through their hands. They can't, they can't hold on to it because they don't have a clear target of ours. And so whether um, you would agree with me in philosophy and say, I want 43 to 45 to 48 hours, or I'm going to work a hard 40 hour week, you've got to pick and you've got to choose a clear target of hours so that you know how and when you are going to invest your time. You see, all of us have the same amount of time in a given week. All of us do. And, and I also want to say um, this podcast and my writing for Revitalization Essentials and um, the training videos and the things of that nature, my, my writing I'm doing um, on, a, on a book related to leading change in the church, all of that comes outside of my 43 to 48 hours of work time as pastor and leading our congregation. I really truly believe it's important for me to, to separate those things out. This has become kind of my hobby. It helps me keep healthy rhythms, even though the things are in a line. And it helps me actually become a better pastor because I'm thinking through things very strategically and very intentionally. But they are separated and I can do that because I know when and where and how I am investing my time for work, for revitalization essentials, and at home. And so I want to encourage you, set a clear target of hours. Have that clear target of hours agreed upon. If you have a group of elders in your church, that's a conversation and a discussion y'all need to have. It is a healthy discussion. If you have a personnel committee or an HR team uh, in your church, you need to have an agreed upon clear target of hours. Accountability is always our friend. 
So once you've established a clear target of hours, whatever that is, you need to have focused priorities and an understanding how you are going to get a return of your time invested. One of the one of the things I've done is I've worked through to try to identify what are the four biggest priorities in my work as a pastor. What are the, the four things that help our church in our health and in our growth? What are those four priorities? At this point in time in my ministry, these are the way that I've outlined these four priorities. The first is preaching. It is important that I pre prepare. It is important that I plan. It is important that I study. It is important that I go through the process of spiritually preparing myself to preach on Sunday. That is my number one priority. And I know one of the questions that a lot of people ask us was, well, how much time does it take to prepare a sermon? And I would just say, um, when it's done, when you're done in the process. Sometimes it's eight hours, sometimes it's 12 to 15 plus hours. But you have to go through the process and preaching for me is my number one priority. I'll talk with you here in a few minutes how I lay out my week and when I when and where I do my sermon prep. But preaching is my number one priority. My number two priority is leadership. It is important that I create and cast a clear vision. Our congregation, our staff, our, our deacons, the people in our church, the lay leaders, we need to have a clear, shared vision of where we are going and what is coming in our future. And so um, it is my responsibility to, to work and pray and seek and develop that with our lay leaders and cast that to our church. So leadership starts with vision. Then I have to create clear next steps. I think this is one of the reasons why in so many churches, um, vision breaks down is because we see where we're going three years from now, but we don't break it down in clear next steps that the majority of the people in the church can take. Now, everybody's not going to take that trip with you. Everybody's not going to follow uh, the future vision over the, the course of the next three to five plus years. They're just not. But it is our responsibility as a shepherd leader to take the majority of people, and we have to do that by creating clear next steps. Then it comes down to execution and accountability. Are, are we doing what we're saying we're going to do? And after we do an event, do we take, well, we've got to take the time to evaluate. What tweaks, what adjustments are we going to make the next time? Not only do we learn for that event, we learn for future events that are different. But it, we, our thinking gets better. And so we have to go through the execution and the accountability and then with that leadership, it's my responsibility to equip our staff in their leadership development. One of the things that's important to me as a leader is not to tell people what to do, but if I can learn to help them think better, to think like a leader, then in turn, they will lead better. 
And so it's my responsibility to lead our ministry staff. I've got um, three people uh, that serve on our staff. We're a a medium-sized church. Then we have a couple of people in the office. And so it's my responsibility to help them become better um, at their responsibilities in leading their ministries forward. So leadership is my number two priority. My number three priority is prayer and pastoral care. I've linked those together because so much of prayer is intercession for the people in our church. And so prayer is um, so vital. It is so important. And I've talked about that in uh, the previous, one of the previous episodes or uh, episodes about systematic pastoral prayer. And so I just want to encourage you that um, for me, Prayer is foundational, and it is one of my priorities, and so is pastoral care. Here's one of the reasons why pastoral care is so vital and it's so important. Because many of the senior adults in our church, we've got, I think we've got some of the best senior adults in the country in our church. And they, uh, they sacrifice so much so that we can aggressively pursue the next generation, so that we can prioritize children's ministry and student ministry and young, reaching young adults and marriage ministry and parenting. We, we leverage a lot of resources and time, and our strategy is about how do we engage uh, the next generation and their parents. But part of the reason why I think that that they are so excited about what God is doing there is because we prioritize pastoral care. I prioritize relationships with them, and we'll probably do an episode on uh, re-engaging senior adults to gospel ministry, and a lot of it comes down to strong pastoral care, building relationships, listening, and it's not just hospital visitation. It's bigger than that. And so uh, prayer and pastoral care is my number three priority. My number four priority for me in leading our church is visibility in the community. Um, I love going to ball games in our community. I don't put that down as work time. Um, it is, I, I love being at the ball games. And so I go to volleyball, I go to football in the fall, um, I'll go to softball. I love going to basketball games, the boys and the girls. I try to get to every, a game that every one of our kids are playing. I don't, I, I don't accomplish that goal because we're spread out in several different school districts, but I try. Um, visibility in the community for me starts with going to the ball games. There's other community activities. We have a big 4th of July parade. We have other activities, National Day of Prayer, um, our Ministerial Alliance, Um, We have things like that that I'm a part of, and it's important that I'm visible in the community through those things. And then on social media, this is something I'm I'm learning to get better at, um, but I need to get better at communicating um, through videos on our social media, through our Facebook, um, et cetera, Instagram, et cetera. And so those are my four priorities, preaching, leadership, prayer and pastoral care and visibility in the community. Now, I do other things. But these things are priorities, and they're important. And it's imp- so when I know I'm investing my time there, I know I'm getting a good return on my time invested uh, within uh, the way that I use my time. The next, uh, the third thing I want to talk to you about is planned rhythm, an ideal week. Um, I've learned this from Michael Hyatt. 
Uh, Michael Hyatt is a believer. Um, he does uh, training and uh, leadership development tools for uh, businessmen and women. Um, but he's passionate about helping people uh, win at work and succeed in life, to have those good rhythms. And he's got a tool um, that I took uh, from one of his books called The Ideal Week. And it's basically an Excel, Excel, Excel spreadsheet. And it's got the, the whole week laid out, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, going across and then going down. It's got all the times um, by cell by 30 minutes. And so what you're able to do is you're able to go block out chunks of time for what you're investing them in. And so my planned rhythm is on Mondays, uh, on Monday morning, I, right now my ideal week, I start at 7.30 and on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, I leave at 3.30. That's my planned rhythm. On Wednesday, um, I take an hour lunch. Usually I take a 30-minute lunch, but I take an hour lunch. And then I'm out for 30 minutes in the afternoon. But then I'm there throughout our Wednesday night activities till about um, 8.30. And so Wednesdays are a long, heavy lifting day. But it allows me to be able to leave at 3.30 and to go home and to be able to do the things that I want to do, to sit out on my back deck and listen to music and read a book and, and go on a walk and do those things. It helps to create a good rhythm. But So on Monday from 7.30 to 9.30, um, that's administration time. I'm planning out my week. I'm creating my um, priorities for the week. What are the tasks I have to get done? From 9.30 to 10, we have um, our all-staff meeting with our ministry staff and our two secretaries, um, our custodian, our daycare director. We just go over the calendar. We want to make sure everybody's on the same page. I give everybody a chance to share if there's something they need. Um, and that meeting usually moves pretty quick. And then from 10.30 to about 11.45 to 12, we meet with ministry staff and we're working on our ministry planning and strategy, et cetera, things like that. Then in the afternoon is my, my first block of study time. Usually I've read through the text multiple times on Sunday night. And then Monday afternoon I come and I start working through uh, my exegesis and I'm working through my, my sermon planning, reading through commentaries, um, working through the text, um, things like that. Tuesday morning I come in and I hit study prep hard um, from, say, 7.30 to 11. I have a planned block at 11 and I have a planned block at 1 where um, um, if someone needs an appointment, those are where we try to steer people first. And so those are pre-planned blocks of time. And so I'm planning in advance that somebody's going to call and want to meet. And so not all the time can we fit them in there, um, but we try to, to steer into those time slots. Um, and then on Tuesday afternoons, um, I do one-on-one -on -one meetings uh, two Tuesdays out of the month with the ministry staff. And we'll do a, a podcast on how to do uh, ministry staff one-on-ones. And then Wednesday morning, I come back in and I'm doing sermon prep again up until about 11.45. Usually on Wednesdays, we go to lunch with the ministry staff. I think it's important that we spend time around the table together and laughing. We don't really talk work. Uh, we tell stories, talk about what's going on, um, just enjoy being together. And then Wednesday afternoon, I come back in and um, I've got some more planned um, meeting appointment times uh, a couple of those where people can slot in appointments if needed. And then I spend time studying for Wednesday night uh, for our prayer time and for our Bible study. And so that's the way Wednesday goes. Thursday, 
Um, I'm usually pretty well done with the message um, writing, and I, I've got a hard deadline of one o'clock to have my outline turned into uh, the office and to our worship pastor and and his team so that they can get all of the slides and all of the uh, things like that ready uh, for print and for our digital places um, in worship. And then Thursday morning, I'm doing strategic planning preparations, things like that. And then on Thursday afternoon, a lot of times I'm working on um, future planning, uh, down the road planning, uh, etc. Then Friday, Saturday, I've got a block of two to three hours that I work on the sermon. Um, it's not a consistent time, but I usually, that's what I'll spend over the course of time. And then Sunday, I get into the office about 530, um, spend time in prayer. I'm going over my sermon notes, and I'm just making sure that um, I am spiritually uh, prepared for our worship experience and for preaching. And so having that rhythm helps me know how my time is going to be invested. And then finally, an annual time block. This is, again, is another tool from Michael Hyatt. Um, and it helps me look at um, each month on uh, by quarter on four sheets of paper and it allows me to plan out my vacation. It uh, allows me to uh, mark any uh, uh, work holidays we have. It, I'm just able to be very intentional with my time over the course of the year. Until I started using this intentionally and being very deliberate about it, I would let vacation days, I would lose them at the end of the year. They would be gone because I didn't take them. But since I'm using this time block, I'm able to map out um, all of the vacation days, and I'm able to use them and take them, whether it's for family vacation or sometimes just um, to be at home and to uh, make sure that I'm um, emotionally and spiritually healthy. So these four things help me have a great rhythm. Now, one of the things I just want you to know, and then um, we're going to be done with this episode, but how you manage your time is very personal to you. There's not a one-size-fits-all, and there's not a, a one philosophy that works. But if you're not intentional about how you use your time, then you're either not going to get things done, you're going to not return phone calls, you're, you're going to end up at the end of the week and wonder what did you do, or you're going to wonder, why can't I lead my church to change? Why can't we revitalize? Why can't we bear spiritual fruit? And it's because you possibly are just stuck in the mud spinning your wheels because you are not intentionally investing your time. And so I just want to encourage you, manage your time well. We have so little time on this earth to invest in ministry. God has called you, He has equipped you, and He has sent you. And I just want to challenge you, invest your time intentionally and, in, and wisely. I'll see you next week on another episode of Leading Your Church.